Welcome to The New Normal with Lucas Rosenfield. This story is much closer to home and it's something that we all need to be thinking about a lot. So we're seeing a big spike in the amount of cases of coronavirus in the Western Cape. So a couple of days ago, we leapfrogged Gauteng. Uh, so we're now the province that has the most cases and we're now being described by as the epicenter of the virus. So we, we've seen 160 new cases yesterday and that brings our total to 1,778 and I think it's important to remember when we look at these numbers that a couple of weeks ago when we saw that really good press briefing by uh, Ministers William Kize and Professor Salim Abdul Karim, who is coordinating the scientific response to the coronavirus and advising government on it, he was saying, look, we really shouldn't be opening up when we're seeing more than 90 cases nationally, right? 90 cases nationally. We've now seen 160 in just the Western Cape. Um, and that's very scary because we are beginning to open up, uh, as of the 1st of May, that's Friday. So look, I think it's probably not the best decision right now. It's, and make no mistake that there's no easy decision to make right now because people are, people are starving and the situation is getting more and more desperate every day as people are just not earning money. People are losing their jobs, all their income. Think about all the people who are living paycheck to paycheck, who might have got paid for March, but might not be getting paid for April. And there are a lot of people whose situation is exactly like that, who now have no way to put food on their family's table, who have no way to pay rent if they're renting an apartment or a house or something like that. So for a lot of people, the situation is extremely dire. And I, th I think it's a very difficult balance that we need to find between opening up the economy so that people can uh, get by because even though the government's uh, relief measures, I think like they're the right things to do, they really aren't enough. I mean, it's very difficult to survive on, say, just an unemployment uh, benefit that you're getting now or some social grant. It's very difficult to survive on that. So look, it's it's going to be difficult to see how the government deals with this. I mean, 90 cases nationally, 160 just in the Western Cape. Um, it's it's not a good situation that we're dealing with here. And obviously, most of the cases have been in Cape Town. It's the major metro uh, area in the Western Cape. But we're also seeing a bunch of cases, interestingly, in the area around Ceres. So Ceres is quite a prominent agricultural area. Uh, there's a lot of fruit farming that goes on there. It's a major industry. And there are a lot of workers there, as is the case for a lot of other farms and industries in the Western Cape, where a lot of the workers uh, come from the Eastern Cape, and they'll send a lot of the money back to their families. And a lot of them, I think, would want to go home to the Eastern Cape now, because it's not nice being stuck very far away from your home. I think for obvious reasons, we can all understand that. But the government is urging people to not return home to the Eastern Cape. So people are still allowed to go for funerals, obviously. But government is saying, no, we really need you to stay because what happens then is that if you have the coronavirus here in the Western Cape, which on the whole has a decent-ish healthcare sort of system compared to other provinces, but particularly uh, a province like the Eastern Cape where we see a lot of people who are living in very rural areas, who are living in extreme poverty, who have very little access to healthcare. And if they do have access to healthcare, it's normally a clinic that's understaffed. 
and the healthcare that they, the quality of the healthcare that they receive there isn't that great. So if we see an outbreak in the rural areas, and, and on the whole, it probably doesn't spread as fast there because people aren't living in that close proximity to each other on the whole. Um, I, I guess that is the nature of a rural area. If we see an outbreak there where people are very poor and people have very little access to healthcare, it could really create an even huger crisis than what we're dealing with right now. And that's terrifying. That really is terrifying. So it's going to be difficult for the government to come up with a, a response to this that is obviously going to be imperfect, but is as, as good as uh, put together. So look, I mean, what we're seeing in the Western Cape and Cape Town as well, particularly as we're seeing a lot of cases amongst essential workers, and this is a huge problem. So if you go to the shops, right, and you buy like a supermarket, right, you buy some food and you want to go uh, pay at the till, oftentimes the cashier there who's working doesn't have the necessary PPE, and much of that applies to a lot of the essential workers, not necessarily just in supermarkets, but in many industries, where a lot of the people who are out there every day putting their lives on the line so that you know our economy can still sort of tick over at a very slow rate and people can still have access to the absolute necessities. A lot of these people putting their lives on the line for really crap wages, right? I mean, for a lot of these people, they earn minimum wage. And it's it's not a nice situation. It's a terrible situation, actually, that these people are in because what we see is that a lot of more privileged people always complain how they just want to get out, but... For a lot of these people, all they want to do is just to be able to stay home and to stay safe and be with their families instead of putting their lives on the line every day for a crap wage uh, and where they don't have the necessary PPE. So look, from the 1st of May, everyone's supposed to have a cloth mask. Again, I don't know if, if this will materialize, um, but we really need to make sure that these essential workers are prioritized when we're speaking about PPE. We need to make sure that they all have gloves. We need to make sure that they all have masks. We need to make sure that there's hand sanitizer uh, throughout stores. Because, look, if we see a store closing, right, and this has been the case in a bunch of other countries where we were seeing outbreaks in uh, supermarkets. So if a supermarket closes, it has a couple of effects. So on the one hand, uh, it affects it affects the distribution of food. So people who maybe only have access to one supermarket, which is now closed, now have to go to to travel quite a distance to get food. And, and that's obviously not a good situation because you want to make sure that it's as easy as possible for people to get food, uh, which I th- you know is obviously a basic necessity that we all need to survive. So it affects the distribution of food. But it also increases the likelihood of outbreaks emerging at other supermarkets, right? So... If you think about it like this, so say if there are three supermarkets in your area and now two of them have closed because there's been an outbreak of coronavirus, now all those people who would generally be split between these three supermarkets all have to go to now, they all have to go to one supermarket, which means that you have increased concentrations of people in these shops and that that really is just a recipe for disaster. And Although I think it it makes sense to close a store if there's been an outbreak of coronavirus because this thing can uh, probably live on surfaces for quite a long time. That's certainly what some of the studies are showing. So if a worker who is handling products has now put in all these products, 
The whole shop probably needs to be disinfected before we can safely open up again. You need to test all the staff there. So it's a it's probably the right decision to close the stores, but there there are long term and consequences to this in terms of uh, how many more people are going to get it down the line and how we are then potentially creating an even bigger hotbed hotbed for the virus to spread at supermarkets that are still staying open. So it's really a difficult situation and. I think part of the the problem here in terms of the Western Cape is that it's obviously ruled by the DA, so it's the only province in South Africa that isn't governed by the ANC. And although in South Africa, provinces uh, have a lot less power than like a state would in America um, when it comes to determining their own policies, the DA is really pushing for the lockdown to be lifted even more than it has been. They are opposing some of the measures um, that are being put in place, some of the restrictions, such as the curfew. There's been a lot of opposition to that. So look, I mean, it's something that we all have to grapple with in terms of how we're going to find this balance. And again, it's it's a difficult, difficult task that government has to do. But look, they've been elected. Hopefully they can uh, come up with a decent solution to this. And hopefully we can see a lot of cooperation between the private private sector and government so that when we are coming up with solutions that they ultimately are as good as possible, that they help to protect as many lives as possible, as well as livelihoods, although lives, I think, are more important at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be something that it's going to be very difficult for governments all around the world to deal with, actually. And look... I've said before here, we could very well be sitting back at level five by a few days into May. Um, And that's a very real possibility that we need to deal with. This isn't about counting down the days till level one, because with that attitude and we'll just get more and more lax and in our behavior and it really will just prolong the lockdown. So look, it's, it's a monumental task that's ahead of all of us here. And it's gonna require a lot of solidarity amongst people of all different classes uh, to try and keep people alive Um, because there's a lot of talk about how the response to the coronavirus can't, you know, completely cripple the economy that people uh, don't have access to food. And look, that's valid. I mean, people need to be able to eat, guys. And right now people are starving. A lot of people are struggling out there. A lot of people don't have access to the food that they need. And that's something that needs addressing fast. That really is something that we need to uh, make sure is at the front of our minds that we're dealing with and that we can hopefully, as a community, uh, come to a response and a solution that saves lives and that can and that we can try help our fellow citizens as much as possible. Because, look, although I think government is trying, it's, it's, it's an impossible task for them. Uh, so we need to do as much as we can as citizens to look after one another and to make sure that we all come out of this as okay as possible because it's really, it's a, it's a horrible situation that we're in right now. The whole world is dealing with this. It's a completely unprecedented, unprecedented situation. It's going to be very difficult for us to recover after this. And it's going to be a long road ahead of us. So a lot of uh, solidarity is required for us to get through this. And hopefully that can be displayed by enough people that, We come to a unified response that ultimately works for the people who are out there putting their lives on the line every day 
so that we can go to the supermarkets, so that we can go to the pharmacies. And yeah, very interesting to see how these cases and how the uh, projections develop over the next few days for the Western Cape particularly because, I mean, obviously I live here. Most of the people who are listening to this would live would, uh, live in the Western Cape. So we need to keep our eyes on this. We need to keep grappling with this. We need to keep thinking about this. And we need to make sure that we are socially responsible and realize that it's about the collective here. It's not just about us and our health um, because you going out there and not caring about your health affects everyone else's health. So we're only as healthy as uh, it, it's sort of a case of like the, the weakest link. So we need to make sure that we all need to be uh, conscious of each other and that we can all work together here. Cause that's really the most important thing is that we, that we unite and use this as an opportunity to look after the most vulnerable in society and to make sure that we never go back to a situation where we have this many vulnerable people who are really out there struggling. We need to make sure that these people are treated properly and we need to make sure that they're paid properly. Yeah, very interesting times that we're living in. That much is for certain.